Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. And a very good Friday morning to you. And where I am, I woke up to a dull and a dreary Friday morning with me saying, where is the sunshine? Where is the blue skies? And lo and behold, I come into work, sit down here in the studio, switch on my computer. And here is the most magnificent little video clip from Michael O'Sullivan in Castletown Bear. And it's Cahermore on the tip of the Bear Peninsula. A glorious morning, beautiful sunshine roll on the summer. And wouldn't I love to just transport myself there this minute that is just a glorious glorious uh, morning and for people in other parts of Cork that are looking out at the same grey sky that I'm looking out at all I can tell you is that the sunshine and the blue skies are on the way and this is said to be this weekend is going to be our highest temperature so far this year I mean Met Aaron are forecasting figures as high as 21 degrees across the weekend uh, tomorrow they're saying very mild even a warm day uh, inland temperatures 21 degrees now if you are by the coast it is going to be a couple of degrees lower but those good high temperatures with blue skies sunny spells are going to continue into Sunday and as of now into the early part of next week and actually later on in the programme we're going to be get, trying to get an update as to how much longer those really nice sunny conditions will last because uh, we've asked Alan O'Reilly from Carlo Weather he's going to be joining us on the programme later on on today but if you're in West Cork at the moment uh, certainly if you're anywhere down along the Beira Peninsula enjoy the wonderful morning that you have woken up to. Now John Paul's taking your calls and I can already see the phone lines are extremely busy this morning so please have patience if you're not getting through 1850 of course you can always contact it as well by sending me a text or a WhatsApp to 0862 and also email the programme you can do that anytime throughout the day and indeed any time throughout the 24 hours of the day feel free to email Patricia at c103.ie and let me start with an email that I arrived into this morning and it's one of those lovely gratitude stories and I think it's a lovely story to start off a Friday with and it's from Norma Daly. Thank you Norma for taking the time out to email us and Norma says Hi Patricia I'm wondering if you could say a big thank you to everyone who stopped to offer me help yesterday Thursday 
the 27th of May, when my car decided to break down in the middle of the road at Leninar in Mallow. I really was overwhelmed by the support and the help which I received from people. I, I, some people I know, but also from complete strangers. I especially would like to thank the postman who resides at number two Glenanar Mallow. Now, I'm sure somebody listening will be able to tell me the name of that postman who lives at number two Glenanar Mallow. Without his help to get my car off the middle of the road, there would have been total gridlock until the tow truck got to me. I also want to thank the lady who lives next door to the postman, who not alone checked that I was all right, but also brought me out a wonderful mug of hot tea. Each and every act of kindness I received yesterday has restored my faith in humanity and I am truly grateful and appreciative to one and all. Isn't that gorgeous? That really is uh, lovely. And and there's nothing worse than a car breaking down and you're stuck there in the middle of the road. What are you going to do? There's a backlog of traffic behind you. The people behind you don't realise what is going on and then God forbid if somebody starts beeping the horn to say would you ever move on. So for somebody to come out and help like that it really is terrific but I thought the lady that arrived out with the mug of tea mug of tea fixes everything doesn't it and you could just uh, see Norma sitting in the car you know going oh god is the tow truck ever going to come and rescue me and the lady comes out and goes there you go there's a little cup of tea for you well done well done that really is gorgeous and you know Norma is right when things like that happen and when you hear about things like that happening it does restore your faith in humanity that really is uh, fantastic thank you for that Norma and thank you for taking time out uh, to email us somebody else who has emailed the programme is Colm now, this is one of these emails that we get a lot of texts in about and it's to do with the vaccinations and it's to do with getting a vaccination date and a centre that is not the closest one to you. Column says, hi, I recently registered for my COVID vaccination. Now, I'm assuming, Column, if you recently did it, you're probably one in the 45 to 49 age group because as far as I know, the appointments have been sent out for that particular age group. Anyway, I got an appointment, but it said it was for Killarney. I phoned the HSE to let them know I'm nowhere, I live nowhere near Killarney. It's actually 50 miles away. I mentioned actually I'm seven miles away from the vaccination centre in Mallow. But I also pointed out there are five vaccination centres in Cork. So even any of the Cork City ones would have done. They told me they can't change the location and to cancel my appointment and just hope that the next one I get will be a closer one to me. Thanking you. You're not on your own, Colm. Many, many people have been in the same dilemma. I still have yet to hear of somebody who can cancelled the initial appointment because they didn't like or not that they didn't like but that they felt that the vaccination centre was too far away from them and then when they got their new second appointment that they got a vaccination centre close to them what we have heard from people when they rang the HSE and the person on the end of the phone line all really nice competent people but because it's a computerised system there's nothing they can do they can't physically go into the computer system and change your vaccination centre and I know many people who have called have been told if you do cancel there's a real possibility that you'll, you'll get Killarney and you'll keep getting Killarney and we've put that out there on many occasions to ask people and we haven't had anyone yet and that's not to say it hasn't happened but we haven't had anyone who's contacted us to say that yes I cancelled because I wasn't happy with the vaccination centre and lo and behold 
on my second appointment I got the vaccination centre closest to me so again we put the shout out uh, because I would say to uh, Colm and I know you might think 50 miles is a long way away but you don't say in your email that travel is the issue that you don't have the means to travel to what a number of our listeners have done including Jim one of our callers from North Cork who who last weekend or the weekend before also got Killarney and he used it as a road trip and he used it as a day out and it was his first time in months actually crossing the county bounds and he said I went down and went to Killarney and got on really well and even when he went they had said to him will we try and schedule your appointment in Cork for the next time and he said no do you know what I think the next time if you could if you could book my appointment for a Friday I'll take a weekend out of it <laughs> I'll go to Killarney for the weekend which I thought was a lovely positive way of look, looking at it so my fear is Colm if you cancel the appointment and then your next appointment is Killarney all you're doing is delaying getting the vaccination and I wouldn't be doing in certainly with the news coming out about vaccine supplies and lower number of vaccine supplies throughout the month of June I wouldn't be delaying getting a vaccine I would be saying whatever day and time and wherever the vaccination centre is I will be there that's that's my own personal uh, view 1850-333-103 indoor dining in pubs restaurants and cafes it looks like it's set to return from the 5th of July yesterday we were speculating would it be the beginning the middle or the end of July and the hospitality sector were certainly very nervous and worried that it would be the end of July that they would lose the month of July because even, even on the 5th of July they'll have a short enough summer in which to do up some business. Anyway, that seemingly is the recommendation that has gone forward from uh, Neffet. They would have made that recommendation to the Cabinet Subcommittee on COVID-19. That Cabinet Subcommittee, they met last night and they are the committee that sign off on the next phase of the government's plan to reopen uh, the country. Now, ahead of the meeting, it emerged Neffet gave the green light for the June 2nd reopening of uh, hotels and also for the resumption of outdoor dining. And that's going to happen five days later on the 5th of uh, June. Uh, it will be a huge boost for the hospitality sector for sure. However, we, we do know that the government now, now that once it gets announced later on today by the Taoiseach, that the government then may actually face a legal challenge because the Restaurant Association of Ireland have been threatening a legal challenge if and when this gets announced that you can have outdoor dining from the 7th of June, but indoor dining won't happen until the until the 5th of July and the Restaurants Association say that there that's an unfair decision because it allows hotels to serve indoors for a full month before restaurants will be allowed to do it so it is expected we will wait and see what Adrian Cummins and his association does but it is expected that there will be a bit of a legal uh, challenge. Neffet also suggested more people will be able to meet in private homes. That's not going to happen until July but they're expecting that to happen if the spread of the virus remains uh, stable. It's also cleared the way for spectators to attend outdoor and indoor events. That's going to be from the 2nd of August. Now the numbers they're looking at is they're saying 500 people could attend the majority of outdoor events and things like concerts and things like matches. And then they said 5,000 spectators are 
25% of the capacity of a larger venue. I mean, the places like Porky Queef, uh, Coke Park, the Aviva Stadium, they could, you could have up to 5,000 or 25% of the capacity. Again, that's going to be welcomed at news. 100 people will be able to attend most indoor events, things like concerts and comedy gigs. 200 will be able to attend in larger venues and they're going to start trials of indoor and outdoor events and those trials are expected uh, to take place next month or into July. Now I'm assuming that they are already closely monitoring and watching what happened in Spain because the results of the first randomised controlled trial to assess the risk of COVID-19 transmission at an indoor live music concert with comprehensive safety measures now I have to say but it's been published in the Lancelet Medical Journal and this was the indoor concert that was held in Spain with 495 people. Now what happened was everybody was screened using a lateral flow test. Now I'm assuming that's some kind of an antigen test, is it? Anyway, everyone was screened with this lateral flow test before entry. They all had to wear masks throughout the duration of the concert and then that was followed by crowd control measures in what was described as a well-ventilated venue. They, they then, the 495 who went into the concert, were compared with 495 participants who were randomly assigned to go home after taking the lateral flow test. I'm sure they were kicking themselves and they were told, no, you can't attend the uh, concert. You are going to be the control group. Now, the good news is none of those who attended tested positive after a PCR test eight days later, that was after the event, compared with two people in the control group. Of the 495 that went home, two tested positive eight days later. And the findings obviously now offer a step towards restarting music and other cultural activities that were halted uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. So I'm assuming that the our, our own Arts Minister, Catherine Martin, who's been talking about doing these trials, will take comfort from that particular uh, case. Nefford have also given the Green for cinemas to reopen on the 7th of June. Now, I take it that's going to be welcomed by cinema goers and people who work in cinemas. And that certainly wasn't something that a lot of people were expecting. And then jump forward a month to the 5th of July. There will be more indoor sports and training will be permitted. And that's going to be things like exercise classes, you know, like spin classes, yoga classes, dance classes inside in gyms. They're going to be allowed from the 5th of July. The number of people who can attend a wedding that's also going to increase right across the summer months. Now next month starting I think next week early in June 25 people will be able to attend a wedding that increases to 50 people in July and it goes to 100 people who have their wedding booked for uh, August. Dr Tony Houlihan has said, to, he said to be broadly optimistic about the current situation with the virus, but he did raise concerns about the so-called Indian variant and he highlighted that a critical mass of people still have not been vaccinated in this country. He also noted that outdoor activities still pose far less risk than indoor activities. So he's still saying anything that you need to do, try to do it outside. And in a letter to the government, Neffert is understood to have recommended continuing to reopen the country, but to do it on a cautious basis. And there is going to be regular risk assessments of progress. So if things start to go wrong, 
as they start to reopen, then obviously there will be a halt. Things that get announced for July may not happen in July if things go pear-shaped during the month of June. Now, what's happening today, there's a full cabinet meeting that's going to kick off at midday today. And it's at that full cabinet meeting that the minister's formally sign off on all of those items that we've just mentioned um, and then we can have the next significant stage of the reopening plan and then the Taoiseach Micheál Martin he will do his live TV uh, address and that's expected to be at uh, 6 o'clock today where he will outline all of the measures that I've just announced so none of it will come as any great surprise at 6 o'clock this evening but we have to wait for it to be officially announced uh, by the Taoiseach Micheál Martin Texts in front of me that there is little or no sympathy out there this morning for Colm who had emailed the programme and I started the show by mentioning Colm's email he registered for his COVID uh, vaccination he's after getting an appointment for Killarney and he's 50 miles away and he got onto the HSC saying it's too far away I want an appointment uh, closer to me and I'm reckoning the fact that he recently registered I'm assuming that he's in the 45 to 49 age uh, category but he doesn't want to have to travel to Killarney to get his vaccine well all the phone lines lit up sorry for old John Paul trying to take all of the calls and he said call after call after call all saying the very same thing summed up by Elaine in Mallow said she is sick to the teeth of hearing people giving out saying that they have to travel back to Killarney for their vaccine she said at the end of the day Killarney is that not that far away no matter where you are across uh, Cork County and she said what really irked her uh, was uh, she has friends who got an appointment for Killarney who were also given out about it saying oh God we have to go to Killarney for our injection and she said those very same friends have absolutely no problem at all travelling Killarney to visit Pennies because they like the Penny store in Killarney yet they'll travel for a day trip to buy their bits inside in Pennies and yet they're given out and they don't want to travel to get their a vaccine Elaine reckons that since Covid since this whole pandemic began she feels that some people are getting very selfish she said I do feel so- sorry for somebody say in Formoy who was sent to Waterford City as that maybe could be a longer journey but at the same time people will travel for a day trip uh, and yes they're given out uh, they, they'll travel for a day trip to Killarney or some other place in Kerry but they don't want to travel just to get a vaccine we're a small country and she said it really is frustrating listening day in day out to people being so negative so that's Elaine having her rant and the there was a number of other people by text saying the very same thing. Would you tell Colin please to stop grumbling, stop complaining, go get his vaccine. Uh, somebody said, I'm sure he's gone on much longer journeys for uh, pleasure. And, you know, and it is going to get easier now with the country opening up like from next week when people are going to maybe be able to stop and have, have their lunch at the same time and really make a day trip out of it. But failing that, we've heard of so many people who've just packed a picnic and made a day trip out of it as well. So there are other people who are really in the younger age category who are waiting. They can't wait to register. They can't wait to get that, got a text, to say that they have a vaccination appointment and they have a vaccination centre and you know the majority of people contacting us this morning said they, they don't worry, they don't care how far away it is as long as they get their vaccine. So to people who get their vaccination appointments just
just take the appointment please and go get vaccinated it is so so important John Paul continues to take your calls at 1850-333-103 the lines have calmed down now so you will be able to get through you can text your WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Court today on C103 with John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie Under the guidance issued by Fall to Ireland this week live music will not be allowed at indoor or outdoor facilities serving food and drinks when they reopen in June. Loud music is also not permitted at any of these facilities. To get the views of somebody directly affected by that announcement I'm joined by one of our much loved singers Tommy Fleming. Good morning to you Tommy. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? Good to hear your voice. Oh, well, I'm fantastic to hear you, yours too. Now, I have to firstly say, because I know uh, you and my daughter share the same birthday, the 15th of May. So I know, yeah, you, right. I know you had a birthday last week and I, I it was a very special one. I did. And I wish, I wish it was my 40th, but it wasn't. But it was my 50th. Um, but you know what? I'm actually okay with this. I thought I wouldn't be. Um, and I know it's, it's daft saying that kind of stuff. And as they say, you know, never, never, how to call it, never give out about growing old because many are denied the privilege. Yeah. But um, do you know what? I'm, I'm actually, I'm grand. And it's been a, it's been a strange one in that, in the times that we're in. And you know what? It's, let's just enjoy everyone that we get I suppose Yeah and so many people across last year and into this year those sort of landmark birthdays people with 21st 30s 40s 50s 60s whatever it is have missed yeah. out on the opportunity because I'm assuming it w- would it have been a big bash? Um, do you know what? The funny thing is it would have been had we not been in this situation and we kind of had on the Saturday the 15th we had family Um there was what, I'll be honest, we probably broke the rules a bit because we did eight people instead of six, but we were outside. Okay. Um, and do you know, it was lovely. It was one of the loveliest days we had because we never, had we had a big bash, I would have spent my time going around to every table asking everyone how they were and everyone else would have enjoyed it more than I did. Yeah. And I, um, I'm so glad it happened the way it did because I was able to sit down with my brothers and my sisters, my in-laws, and sit down and have a real old chat and a bit of crack. And and it's a birthday you will remember because of that. Absolutely. And do you know what the funny thing was? I was sitting outside with a pizza area at the back, that can we call it the shelter, and I was sitting down there in a tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to know you got dressed up for the occasion. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and I just, I said to myself, why? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, was, it wasn't that type of a day. It was yeah. like as, if we just, as if we all just got together. That's fair. Yeah, it's great. And you know, I'm hearing from people who got married with the very small weddings who are now reflecting and saying the very same thing that, you know, if you have a big wedding, you spend so much time going around to everyone and trying to make sure that everyone is enjoying themselves that you don't really get to appreciate or enjoy the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So that's good to hear. Now, let me go back to this uh, announcement that was made this week. I heard one musician describe it as a sledgehammer approach. Were you very disappointed when when it was announced no live music. Do you know what, Patricia? I was I was gutted because yes, I get time to play. I, I usually get six months off in the year, and you know, there's many musicians who are, who perform every weekend, um, which it may be every night of the week. Actually, some of them, and it's it just seems like we're being punished, and you know the the infantile way that they're treating us in the sense that no loud music. You can't. It's like. 
no, you cannot, is the, and the finger is pointing at you, you know? Um, and you feel like you've done something wrong. I just, with every day that passes and with every announcement that they make, I get more annoyed. And I'm trying to stop myself getting like that. But you can't help yourself. You feel like you're being, honestly, I feel, I, there's two things I feel. I feel like I'm on parole. Not that I know whatever knew what that felt like. Um, and I feel like, I feel like we're nearly in a police communist state. Wouldn't it be better if there was guidelines for safe live music performances rather than a total ban? Oh, completely. You know, like, <clears throat> what's the difference of, like, how can, what, you know, you know what, say, for example, the, the session that's in the pub, mm. the, the, the traditional session that you hear in the pub every kind of, whenever it may be, um, and they can't play. They can't play their music. They can't... Uh, do you know what I mean? It's and it very, creates um, that lovely atmosphere inside in the pub. beautiful atmosphere inside yeah. in the pub. And, you know, they're, they're treated like second-class citizens, really. And it's wrong. It's completely... I just think, you know, like, if you were two musicians, if you were a singer and a guitar player in the corner of, of a pub and people are having their meal, now what damage is that doing? Yeah, and no, it's, maybe, and I'm, maybe I'm completely yeah. wrong. You know, I'm and I know I've, I've heard of a number of publicans who've invested like a lot of money now in outdoor areas because, you know, they knew what was coming down the track and they put in a little stage area and the whole idea was where well, we can stick a few musicians or a singer with a guitar up there and everybody's outside dining and having their food and, you know, it'll create a little bit of a, a, a atmosphere that... There is a way. I mean, there is a way to do live music and to do it safely. There is, of course. And the one thing that's really driving me crazy is the fact that we're treated like we're disposable. Um, we're the one industry that was the first to go and will be the very, very last to come back. And we're just ignored. You know, mm. like, I know the publicans have had it bad. The restaurants, everybody's had it bad. Don't get me wrong. Everybody's had, everybody's got an awful kick in the arse with this. However, we've just not, we haven't even got a chance to even, like, you know, you, you, the, the grants, there was a, a 50 million grants announced in October and there's still no sign of it. Yeah, and all those other industries ha- now have a pathway and now have a plan out of yeah. it. But it's like the music and the entertainers, ha- the, the, you know, there's nothing. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, I, wa- I watched the news last night and that fiddle player in, in was it Johnny Fox's pub, yeah. talking about, she's heard of people, musicians selling their instruments. Oh, that's, that's not, doesn't surprise me at all. I've heard two friends of mine, one of them had a Fender guitar. Now, I know that probably doesn't mean much to people, but it was worth what, about ten thousand euro, and he had to sell it for four. Oh my god! Oh my god! And it's not just singers are the band members. There's so many others employed within your industry. Well, like the, the lighting industry, the the sound industry, the drivers. The you know, there's like for example, I just give an example, Patricia, of what I what we do. Like when I when we go out on the road, it's always around the fifteenth, sixteenth of January, whatever whatever time, whatever Friday that falls on. And we work all the way up through to about, depending on if there's an album released, we might be doing foreign tours as well. But we employ, in Ireland alone, we employ this, what, nine on the stage, two on the two uh, engineers, oh, so that's nine, ten, eleven. There's 22 people on the road with us employed. 
And none of them have had work since March of Not last year? Not one of them have had work since March. Now, the odd funeral I'm asked to sing at and I bring my own musicians in and I laugh and I'll pay them myself. That's not going to keep the wolf from from, from the door. Yeah, okay, but the, go, the government sources say Fault Ireland guidelines could be modified later in the summer. Do you, do you take any comfort from that? Oh, look, I take as much comfort in that as I do listening to Stephen Donnelly. Do you know what I mean? I And I probably shouldn't say that, but it's the way I feel. Um, it's all, it's like it's taken with one hand and giving with the other. Or is it the other way around? It's given with one hand and taken with the other. And it's like they don't give a hoot, but yes, come you know, St. Patrick's weekend were the very first to be peddled out to every capital in the world about the arts and <clears throat> the, the importance of the, you know, our heritage. And music is one of the biggest parts of our heritage. Music is one of the biggest parts of our identity. I'm, and yes, yeah, I and yet they, they come back and kick us. I mentioned earlier about that uh, test, that live indoor concert that was held in Spain with 495 people and not one person uh, tested positive and it was in a control setting and it was loud music and there is even alcohol uh, being served at it. And I know our own Arts Minister, Catherine Martin, has been talking about having trial events as other countries have done. But I feel like saying to her, well, would you ever get on with it and start doing it? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's I frustrating. The same thing, yeah. Like they're talking and they're talking and they're talking. There's a huge difference between talking and doing. Okay, well, you, you know, you, and you, it's so and, annoying. You and, know? and you can probably hear it in my voice. I can, I can. I don't think I've ever heard you quite so animated and annoyed. And I've watched you. You've been fantastic to your fans with your tunes from from the tavern. And and I know you're on a bit of a break from that. And that was important for you to stay connected as well. And for and I felt watching some of those, it was important for you to be able to sing. Absolutely, and you know I. You know, I'm, I'm I'm actually going to record the new album next week, which Brilliant. is great. And I'm looking for, I've been writing and I've been doing all of that. <clears throat> but it doesn't escape the fact that it's almost like, um, it's almost like a parent ignoring you. Um, in the sense that, you know, you work your ass off, and everybody does in this industry, very much so, to to be completely cast aside until you're needed again. Yeah, it's like you've been forgotten about. Oh, no, okay. we've been, we've completely been forgotten about. Well, it's there's, like, there's oh, them don't heed them, you know, that kind of thing. There's a lot of outpouring of love from you coming from Cork, I can tell you that. Uh, many people <laughs> oh, saying, absolutely to love to hear Tommy Fleming. Uh, Eddie said, I would like nothing better than to be heading off to the Cork Opera House to see Tommy in concert. Well, you can, uh, it, it, it'll happen, it'll happen and hopefully it'll sooner, sooner rather than later. And like, I don't want people to be thinking, God, he's very annoyed. Not, I mean, look, you can't kind of sit on the fence too long. You have to, you know me, Patricia, I, I say it as I see it very much. And I very rarely kind of get annoyed at things. But this has annoyed me. This has, this has kind of really been honest. And like, excuse my language, this has completely pissed me off. And it's nothing, because every time, I've actually stopped watching the news. Because it's 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 almost one lie after another, and you can just it's like will you shut up and just get on with it? You know, I, I I spend a lot of time in Australia, and you just see how well they handle it. That it's if they shut down, they shut down, but they'll open up again. Music industry is fully running there. Like look at the Brit Awards. Yeah, yeah. They ran the Brit Awards at half capacity, which is about I don't know what the, what the, how many was in it. 
And there's still no infection case out of it. The Eurovision Song Contest only last weekend. They went ahead within in Holland under very strict guidelines. And uh, and there was only one case of one member of the Icelandic team. And then they locked down that team. So that team wasn't allowed to mingle with anybody else. So they, they, they didn't pass it on. And Miriam and Skibberine says, uh, this is on your 50th. I agree with Tommy. We had a similar meet up with my sister. Uh, I was dressed in very casual clothes. I absolutely loved it. Well, I love getting dressed up. It was lovely to have uh, a stressless evening where everybody just enjoyed themselves. OK, listen, it's as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And I can't can't you wait. Too, my love. I can't wait until I'm talking to you because you're coming to Cork uh, to do a concert. Good luck with the album. We're looking forward to it already. And thanks for taking time out for us this morning. Not at all. And listen, thanks to everybody in the Cork area and all, all the surrounding areas for the support that you've shown us all over the last 18 months. Genuinely, we'll be back and it will be bigger and better than ever. Well done. You look after yourself. Take care. You too, uh, take bye care. bye. Thanks. Bye bye. That's the, the wonderful Tommy Fleming. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Irish scientists have confirmed that a bite from one of the country's most common spiders can be as bad as that of the black widow spider and it could result in hospitalisation. To discuss a study that was conducted at NUI Galway, I'm joined by Dr Michelle Dugan, who's head of the Ven- Systems Lab at NUI. Uh, good morning to you, Dr. Michelle. Good morning. And you're welcome. Now, this is the false widow spider that we're speaking of. What effect can a bite from one of these spiders have on some people? Well, for most people, the bite would only be painful and produce some swelling. So something a little bit equivalent to a wasp sting in terms of intensity. But for a minority of people, we've actually noticed what we call systemic symptoms. So systemic symptoms are actually symptoms that can take over the whole body. And those patients so uh, started to sweat profusely, would start to have headache, feel nauseous, uh, have tachycardia, so their heart wouldn't beat regularly anymore, or would have difficulty breathing. And then in a very small minority of cases, we've seen people developing very serious skin condition uh, around the bite site that actually required so hospitalisation as well. I saw a picture of a woman's leg on the news last night and it almost looked like her whole leg had been scalded with boiling water. Yes, it's very much that. And uh, while we actually... Uh, not 100% sure yet if this is due purely to the effect of the venom or to the effect of the venom plus the effect of bacteria that were present on the fangs of the spider, we, 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 we definite on the fact that this was the result of the spider bite and uh, this was, was rather extreme really. And I was right when I said in my introduction that this spider is very common in this country. It is actually becoming more and more common. So this spider is an invasive species that uh, arrived in Ireland probably about 25 to 30, to 30 years ago. It was first spotted in County Wicklow in 1997. And over the past 25 years, it has taken over most of the urban and suburban habitats, uh, first on the east coast, then on the south coast. And now it has traveled through the Midlands and on the west coast as well. So it is becoming one of the most common spiders in and around houses in Ireland. And where would you be most likely to get a bite from a false widow spider? Well, uh, most of the...
the, in most of the cases we studied, people have been beaten either in bed while sleeping or when putting their clothes on in the morning. And this is because the, the spider is mainly nocturnal, so it comes out at night, not during the day, and then uh, it wanders a little bit around. It's not an aggressive spider. It's not there to try and bite you on purpose. But if it wanders around, for example, and ends up on your pillow and you turn over, you squash the spider, the spider will defend itself and bite. Or the spider hides in your clothes uh, in the morning, you put your clothes on, the, squider, the spider is squashed between the, the, the cloth and the skin, and it will bite. So these are the, the, the likely scenarios that we've encountered so far. So it's defending itself more than anything, rather than be a vicious spider that's going to run around after you in the house. And if you are uh, bitten, or you think you've been bitten, uh, would you suggest taking a photograph of the spider so that you can let the medics know for sure that you were bitten by a false black widow? Yes, this is actually extremely important. We've received over the past four or five years, we've received dozens and dozens of reports from people who have been beaten or allegedly beaten by false widows, but only a few of them actually kept the spider, kept the remains of the dead spider, or took a picture of the spider that just beat them. And this part is actually essential for us to vouch that it is a spider bite. So it is actually very, very important. And uh, Dr. Michelle, if, if they are becoming that prevalent in this country, do we just have to learn to live with them? Yes, we will have to learn uh, how to live with them because there are too many of them, they're too numerous, we won't be able to eradicate them. But it's actually very important as well not to kill any spider indiscriminately if you have them in your house because native Irish spiders are probably our best line of defence against this invasive species. If you just start to spray insecticide everywhere in your home, what you will do is actually kill all native spiders and then that will leave the place free and empty for potentially a very uh, successful invasive spider like the false widow to come over and take over the place. Okay, but keep a close eye. Check your, your bed and check your clothes in the morning, I think is the advice. Dr. Michelle, we leave it there. Thank you for that. Thank and you. thanks for joining us. Uh, good morning to you. That is uh, Dr. Michelle Dugan, who is with the Venom Systems Lab at NUI uh, Galway for all the arachnophobia people out there. 1850 We're going to take a break. Uh, coming up in the next hour, we're hearing about a warning from dentists about how some young people are filing their own teeth. We're going to find out why and what damage are they doing. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Quite a reaction to my interview in the last hour with uh, Tommy Fleming, much loved singer. And I don't think I've ever in all the years I've been interviewing Tommy Fleming, have I ever heard him so annoyed as he is about the announcement from Fault Island that there will be no live music or loud music for the foreseeable future. Uh, Eddie um, actually uh, disagrees with Tommy's views on live music. Eddie says, I feel if you went into a bar and you had a guy in the corner singing, then you end up roaring at the person next to you in order 
order to be able to talk. Spits flying everywhere. So I feel the decision from Neffet, recommendation to the government and to fall to Ireland, leave live music out at the moment is the right one. Well, I take it now if Tommy was on the line and I put that point to him. There are ways to do it. You don't have to have the music as loud. And I think in any of the controlled environments where the tests have gone on, that's actually what they have done. Uh, uh, thanks for your call, Eddie. And says my heart goes out to Tommy Fleming and indeed everybody in the music industry. It's utter discrimination the way they are being treated. I wish Tommy well. That is from Anne. And we did get a press release in from a group called the Music and Entertainment Association of Ireland. They're a group that represent about 5,000 musicians, entertainers, stage crew and others. Because remember, it's one, one of the points that I think Tommy put across quite well. It's a lot more than just the person out in the front of the band singing and the musicians behind him. There's so many other people make up the, the crew. Uh, that particular group have it's widespread anger and disappointment by countless musicians, they say, on social media after the announcement, with many people calling for protests to happen in order to get back uh, working. And what this particular group wants, they want to see pilot gigs conducted over the next number of weeks, do them in pubs, do them in restaurants, do them in hotels, do them at wedding ven- venues and for other social uh, occasions where music and entertainment plays a pivotal role. And actually the Music and Entertainment Association says that they are really concerned by Department social protection emails that were being sent out to members suggesting that they retrain for other jobs and to hear Tommy saying he knows of people who have sold equipment you know the one person selling a guitar valued at 10,000 and sold it for 4,000 because they need uh, the money uh, Eileen has contacted the programme good morning Eileen good morning you're, agree- you're agreeing with uh, Tommy Fleming you think live music should be back well absolutely I could hear it in his voice listening to the radio this morning. The devastation of not being able to play and do something that you've trained and loved all your life. And this sudden kind of a blanket ban on anything to do with music or entertainment. Like, to me, um, the music is something, it comes from the soul, it comes from the heart. It's not like somebody that's doing any other kind of work in life, whether it's administration or whatever. Music is something totally different. And I do think there's ways that people can actually go and have these, even to have, to make some attempt, to even when they're given outdoor dining, for instance, to people. Like in a smaller, I'm not, it would be the smaller venue. To have something like say the people can, and it could be a couple of people, maybe three or four people together, in a group, and keep them distanced completely from the people that are eating. And the other thing is that these these um, traditional sessions, mm. the, that, that's the, uh, the Irish pub sessions, they, there's no acoustics used in those. That's right. They, so they sit in the corner any, with their I instruments. I have been part of that myself. Yeah. But I did it out of the fun of doing it, not for any financial gain. But um, it, it, we love doing it. We just love playing. And Sit I in the corner of a bar with a, a a violin, a banjo, fiddle, correct, cor- an accordion, a bow accordion, run. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I mentioned to Tommy, I did see a guy on the news, and he was showing the money that he had invested in the outdoor area. He'd converted a car park into an outdoor dining area and right. all the tapes here. Yeah. And then in the very corner, he said, "We put in a little bit of a stage, well away from all of the diners." Yeah. And he said, "We were hoping to have, you know, maybe a guy up there with a guitar, or you know." That's right. You don't have yes. to have loud amplification. No, but they have completely, like, blocked out 
blocked out music of any description. And you know, music is something that people, it lifts the soul, it lifts the spirit. It gets people out of depression. Yeah. Do you know? The joy that it gives to people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. you're right. You're right. All and right. I think that the people that are in that industry as well, and when somebody is trying to raise money for something, how often do they call on somebody who can, can you play or can you sing? Mm. And they'll have them and they'll, they actually bring, and they'll willingly give of their time to raise money for charity. They've done it all the time. And then some of the bigger names, you only have to think of them, like, like Sir Daniel O'Donnell or Tommy Fleming, any of those. People. And as Tommy said, when they want to promote the country for our culture, they'll reel <laughs> yes. out and roll out our musicians, yes. send them around the world saying, look how great we are, come visit us, we have all of this culture. And yet they've all now been, all, and Tommy's right, they've just been forgotten about. Absolutely. I completely, and I've seen something this morning as well with Sandy Kelly on, on Facebook. Yeah. And again, you can see, you can feel it like they're crying inside. They are. They're devastated. They're devastated. Okay. Listen, Eileen, thank you for that. Look after yourself. And okay. uh, thanks for joining us. Michael says, Patricia, what about the seniors in this country who have been forgotten about? Michael says, I haven't heard a single word about social dancing. Have they forgotten that we exist? It's now high time we were allowed back dancing. We are the most vaccinated group of people in the country and the seniors are all fully vaccinated at this stage. It's nearly eight months 18 months, sorry, since we were graced a dance floor. I will today be writing to the Taoiseach and the Tónishta on this matter. And actually, Michael, I did think of social dancing when the announcement was made about live entertainment because I said straight away, well, if they're not going to allow live music, that means the, the crew who desperately want to get back social dancing are straight away uh, going to be gone. And I think Michael is right. A lot of the people who attend social... Now, not all. I know I'll get people up in arms over this because we've got younger social dancers as well. But a number of the people that go social dancing are seeing senior citizens and they are the group of people who are uh, fully vaccinated so it does seem very unfair on them as well. 1850 Will the wedding guests go up every month? My son is getting married in in December says listener. That's very possible. That's very possible because I was reading out the the numbers that can go to a wedding and it goes to 100 in August and it was 50 I think in July. It's 25 for June, 50 for July and 50 for August. So yes, probably by July, uh, probably by December. Lovely Christmas wedding, which is a lovely idea. Uh, We may be back to some kind of normality. Dare dare we dream. 1850-333-103. Hi, Patricia. Since the lockdown, thank God, I have never been out of work. I'm driving a JCB. Back in the day, people had no interest in getting involved in this type of work. And here I am now. I've never been uh, busier and how lucky you have been. I mean, I thank God as well for the job that I do, that I've continued to work throughout the pandemic. But that isn't the case uh, for many and for the people in in the musicians and the entertainment world that we're speaking about uh, today. I think it was up to yesterday they were doing it was 440 days since the sector had been closed down. They've had no work at all. Okay, on uh, vaccinations. Okay, a couple of people around on about Colm. Remember Colm when we kicked off the programme with who sent me an email uh, very annoyed, very upset that he got an appointment. Uh, he's somewhere in the county, I just don't know where, but he's somewhere around the Mallow area because he's, he's he was five miles from Mallow so he's in the North Cork area and he's after getting his appointment for Killarney 50 miles away and he 
he wants to cancel, but he, he, he can't be guaranteed that he won't get Killarney again. That led to a flurry of calls and texts and people saying that they're sick to the teeth of hearing people complaining when they get a vaccination centre that isn't the vaccination centre closest to them. And people are saying, you know, you go out on a trip and, you know, you'll go on a day trip somewhere. You know, why not look on going for your vaccine is the same, same way. And people are very frustrated about it. And it was summed up by Elaine, one of our listeners, who was very annoyed uh, with Colm and said he should, you know, the same person might decide to go off down to Killarney for a day trip or to go to Penny's. She knows the people who went to Penny's and yet they were the same people complaining about having to go for their vaccination. The vaccinations. Well, Jacintha in Mallow says, I don't agree with Elaine and her view. Fine if you're used to driving long distances, but maybe I'm being selfish, but I don't care if I am. When my turn comes, I want my vaccination to be in Mallow and I do not want to travel. That there are some people who are nervous about travelling to areas that they don't know where they're where where they are going. Lucy in Mitchellstown on the other hand agrees with Elaine I do feel people are being are, have been become more selfish and more rude since this pandemic began. I know it's tough for everyone but some people feel they should take out their woes on others Cullum should be lucky that he's been offered a vaccination and that he's able to travel. He should head on down and just uh, travel. Someone else says I think there's no joint up thinking regarding the vaccine. Uh, people have their reasons for not wanting to uh, travel to different uh, destinations. But somebody else says, this is a glitch in the system. Why should Colm go to Killarney? Uh, Tell people back off and leave him alone. Society has turned very nasty. If his nearest vaccination centre is Mallow, then he should be given a Mallow. And I can tell you, it's not a glitch in the system because we got an email, this when emails were allowed from the HSE, we got an email in from the HSE when they were warning, because they knew we were going to get calls when they were telling us over one weekend that 2,000 people from North Cork and West Cork were being brought into the city. It was the finishing off of the over 60s at the time, so just people in their early 60s had to go to the city from the county uh, instead to get their vaccinations. So... um, it wasn't a glitch in the system. What they do is they fill up the vaccination centres and they have specific vaccinations in each of the different centres. You know, one centre might be using Janssen, another centre might be using AstraZeneca, another centre might be using Pfizer and they send people in the age cohort and they try, they literally do try their best to send it to the nearest one but it isn't always the case. It depends on the number of vaccines that they have on any one day. And someone said, Patricia, it is the Cork people's luck that Kerry people are not taking the vaccine. Now, I'll stop you there. People are being, not being sent to Kerry because Kerry people won't take the vaccines. It's to do with the population. There are more people in Cork than there are in Kerry and they just have more vaccination slots available because this listener was worried that when you know people start to go on their staycation, is it going to be the case that people are not... Um, People in Kerry are not getting vaccinated. Lots of people in Kerry are being uh, vaccinated. 1850-333-103. John is in uh, Castle Magner. This is back on the music industry. Uh, good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. It's actually Castletown Roach, Patricia. Castletown Roach, my apologies. You are. You feel Eileen is encouraging people to break the law? Yes, I do, because I, I think, uh, uh, look, we, we all saw what happened at Christmas when people advocated that they wanted to enjoy Christmas and we all saw the consequences of it. And uh, uh, um, the, the, the experts in, in the health uh, scene 
uh, are deciding uh, things from now on rather than politicians, and I think that's the way it, it, it should be because uh, this thing is, remember, we're borrowing uh, an extra 13 billion this year to pay for all the different pandemic payments and uh, um, uh, tough and all as it might be, look, they can listen to County Sound on Sunday morning to John Paul if they want their music or they can listen to, to C103 uh, from 7 until 11 o'clock every five Ah, but that's, John, that's not the same for people to go out to, to a live gig. It's just not the same. Well, that may be the case, but I mean, look, uh, we we all have to work under the constraints of what the uh, law of the land dictates at this stage. And uh, if if we want to preserve the the, the health of our nation and uh, individuals, we've got to be tough and all as it might be. Yeah, and you know, I think you're right. I think it, it's good and that the government are listening to Nefesh because certainly in the past they didn't and we all paid the price with the four-month lockdown that we had to go into after Christmas. But I think at this stage, with more people getting vaccinated and we have an arts minister, Catherine Martin, who's been talking for weeks about running pilot gigs to see how we can safely reopen the music industry. I think people within the music industry then would feel that they're not being totally forgotten about. But it's as listening to Tommy this morning, it's as if they've just been dumped on the scrap heap. Every other industry has some kind of a roadmap out of this pandemic, except people in the music and, and entertainment world. That I think if she, you know, she's been talking about doing these pilot gigs, we'll start doing them. Other countries have done them very successfully. I only spoke about the one in Spain with the 495 uh, who went into a very loud, it was, it was actually... A, a gig, it was a live DJ, very loud music. Nobody got COVID because they put everything in place. So if we could start doing that, even on much smaller levels, having smaller groups of people, and let's see if we can somehow reopen up the entertainment sector. But leaving them on the scrap heap and, you know, hearing about people selling their instruments and getting letters from the Department of Social Protection, telling them to retrain. These are people that have been in the industry all of their lives. It just seems very unfair. Yeah, well, I mean, life is unfair uh, uh, to an awful lot of people in general. You could say the same about the country uh, publican. Uh, uh, he, he could say the very, or she could say the very same thing. I mean, a lot of those only, uh, only serve uh, maybe cups of coffee or a sandwich or whatever the case may be. Uh, um, and uh, um, I don't hear... Uh, them making uh, huge loud noises um, uh, at this stage because they, they realised that when things were, were, as I said I'm repeating myself, when things were relaxed at Christmas, we all saw the consequences. We all paid for it. But then it's very different. We didn't have anybody vaccinated when what happened at Christmas versus it's a very different landscape now. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you look at all the variants that are out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, who, who who said the vaccine is going to cover all the variants uh, in time to come? Because I mean, uh, we we all can see about the restriction on on medicines because of uh, um, uh, people's immune systems aren't able to uh, to cope with the, the 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 different sicknesses that are out there at this stage. And is there any guarantee into the future that? Uh, more of these variants take, for example, the Indian one, that uh, it, it 
did all these vaccines aren't going to be able to cope with Yeah, you know, well, well, we know for the, the, in, for the Indian variant, uh, which is the one we're most worried about because it's, it's in our nearest neighbour in the UK, uh, we need the second jabs, people, and we need enough people to have the second jab to cover us on that. OK, listen, John, thank you for that and uh, thank you for joining us and stay safe. You too. Thanks a million. Bye bye. That is uh, John in uh, Castletown Roach. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. We're looking for a child binder. It's for a 10 month old baby that's in the minder's own home. It's in the Newmarket area. Arctic and rigid, rigid tipper drivers are wanted. That's for Cork City and Mallow areas. But a tractor driver is wanted. It's for the silage season and that's in the Bandon area. And a betting office in Mallow, they're looking for part-time staff. You need to be computer literate. You need to have experience in handling and balancing cash. That would all be an advantage. You'll find all the details and many, many more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Dentists around the country are becoming very concerned about a craze popular on TikTok where people file their teeth down using a nail file. To discuss the implications, I'm joined uh, by from the Irish Dentalist Association by Anne O'Neill, who is the past president of the Irish Dental Association. Good morning to you, Anne. Good morning, Patricia. I'm very well and you're very welcome. Now, why would someone file their own teeth? What are they trying to achieve? Isn't that the best question you ever asked? Why would somebody do it? It appears that with a younger adult, there's a trend of not being happy with having pointed canines, which is your your eye teeth, and having uneven length and being persuaded that they can can better it by taking their own nail files and filing the edges off. What type of damage are the eye dentists seeing? It's permanent damage that they're doing. They're doing lifelong damage to their teeth. And and before I came on, I was trying to think of the words that would describe how I feel about it. And it was actually, I'm very uh, disturbed at the idea that... uh, young adults would think that this is a good thing to do. Once you take away hard tooth tissue, you never, ever grow it back. If you do damage, which causes sensitivity, it can be very difficult to manage and difficult to repair by your dentist. And if you take sufficient off, because part of the trend seems to be reducing your teeth down to get crowns on, if you do that amount of tooth removal, you are looking at a very long painful and expensive set of trips to the dentist over your lifetime to try and replace that tooth tissue because we can't regrow it. And I'm assuming this is a a lot to do with social media and influencers and the perfect teeth. And when someone, and of course what half the young people don't know is most of those are filters. Nobody, Nobody has teeth like that that you see in a lot of those photographs. Well, what they don't realise is that an awful lot of the celebrity smiles that they see, and celebrity is something that is coming to their doorstep every day in, in, you know, in their bedroom. It's, it's, they're looking at it on TikTok and other social media platforms. An awful lot of those celebrity smiles are actually porcelain. They're not the original teeth. They have been manufactured with the assistance of extremely skilled dentists. At, at, um, at, at a high cost. At an extremely <laughs> high cost, because the ones that look 
like they're their own teeth are the ones that have been done by people who charge extremely high rates for entire mouths of white porcelain. And they're also replaced every 10 years, 10, oh. 15 years with wear and tear. The mouth is a very hostile environment for putting new materials into. Porcelain does quite well, but you do get wear and tear and you get cracks and you get staining. And it is a lifelong investment in having a white smile that is manufactured for them. Instead of looking so, after your looking after your own teeth, do you, yeah. do do we do you want parents to talk to young? I, I mean, I, I'm assuming predominantly girls, but it's probably boys as well. We need to yeah. talk to young people about and and get across the permanent damage that they they could Absolutely. do. Absolutely, there's a big difference between minding your teeth and your self care at home, which is very important, and trying to be your own dentist. Um, I couldn't be my own dentist and I'm actually a dentist because I can't see my own teeth at the angles that my dentist sees them. So, you know, the idea that I could actually create a nice white smile for myself at home, even though I'm 30 years a dentist, is completely ridiculous because you just can't do it. You actually need to plan uh, replacing uh, tooth structures um, very carefully so that you'll actually get a long life from them. So, Really, we need to, we need parents not to uh, enable it. Some of the stories I, I had a look online, and you can see some children were getting it for their 18th birthday as a present. So somebody's funding that. So parents shouldn't buy into the idea that this is a good idea. Um, if they do have a, ch- a teenager or a young adult who's thinking about doing this, go and discuss it with your dentist. Because you'll get a much more realistic approach to having a white, nice smile that is real, that suits your face. You know, everybody's face is a different size. Every mouth is a different size. And what suits one person as an aesthetic look won't suit the next person. That's a good point. That's a really good point. So it's not a one size fits all by any means. And the perfect white smile. Teeth whitening kits, Anne, seem to be all over the in- internet. They're over the news this week because there's a disturbing uh, news that there are kits being bought from wherever. I think uh, my, many of them are being imported. And the amount of bleaching chemical in them is sufficient to cause permanent damage to your mouth. And that's really disturbing. The chemicals that we use when we're bleaching are very controlled. They're controlled in the content we have in them and where we put them. We don't take toilet duck and use it on your teeth. We don't take household bleach and use it on your teeth. We use very careful amounts of very carefully chosen chemicals for very carefully applied lengths of time in order to improve the colour of your teeth. What they're looking for is that white, shiny look that they see in the celebrity mouth, which, as I said before, is nearly guaranteed to be a porcelain. Yeah, it's not real. It's it's, it's not, not real. real. I mean, and it's I'm assuming real. if you get a kit and the bleach content is wrong, I mean, whatever da- whatever about doing damage to, to your teeth, would it would it burn the gums? Yeah. Oh. Completely. Oh. Yeah, what happens... The, the two kinds of damage you can do, and this is to give people the real horror story so they'll think twice. Um, the first one is that you can cause permanent sensitivity so that you won't be able to eat or drink 
um, a wide range of foods without having sore teeth. And that's very hard for a dentist to actually try and repair. The second one is if you burn your gums sufficiently, the gum will actually shrink away from your teeth and you will end up looking far worse than you could ever uh, hope to achieve by just having slightly whiter of, of your own teeth. You know what I mean? So Again, permanent damage. damage. Permanent, yeah. lifelong damage. Some of it we can't repair. Mm. Okay, so, so the message is if you want perfect teeth, you've got to look after your teeth and you do that by going to visit your dentist regularly. You, you do it by uh, limiting the amount of, and the number of times you have sugar because that stops decay and that makes your teeth much healthier. You brush twice a day properly. And if you don't like the look of your teeth, go talk to your dentist and have a plan. You know, you may be able to achieve something by a small amount of bleaching. It may be that you need to change the shape of a tooth. And you can do that in conjunction with your dentist. But you need to go into it knowing that if you're going to reduce the size of a tooth for the purpose of making it look better, you're looking at a lifelong commitment to uh, replacing that tooth material. Mm. Okay, you know. good advice. Good advice, Anne. Listen, thank you for that. And uh, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for joining us on the programme. Good morning thanks, to you. Thanks for the opportunity. No problem. Thank, bye-bye. That yeah. is Anne O'Neill, who is past president of the Irish Dental Association. Just to make people aware, have a chat with your young people. There is the possibility that they could be attempting to file down their own teeth, but stay well away from some of those teeth whitening kits that are so easy now to purchase online. John Paul taking your calls, 1850 you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we have been chatting to Emma Fitzpatrick of Nakawadra outside Clonakilty about the poor broadband connection in her area. Emma reached out to tech magnate Elon Musk for help. And true to his word, He's come up with the goods. Emma Fitzpatrick once again joins me on the programme. Good morning to you, Emma. Good morning, Patricia. How are you today? Uh, I'm very well and I can hear in your voice that you're doing well as well. Now, Elon Musk's Starlink satellite has arrived. Talk me through the process of what happened and who installed it for you and when did it arrive? Okay, well, we're absolutely delighted, myself and Leslie. So um, it arrived about two or three days ago, I think. And it was installed by Peter Walsh of um, Open Out, who are a company, an installation company based in Dunmanway. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. It's beautifully designed, of course. And um, he managed to install it in Leslie's back garden and then he mounted it for me at the back of my house. And what's amazing about it is that it's kind of, it's a beautiful um, white dish and it actually rotates. So it kind of rotates to pick up the satellite. And that's so, the genius behind the Starlink satellites. They've got satellites dotted all around the place, isn't it? They have. They have. And um, actually, Elon Musk is due to launch even more um, over the next few years. So, you know, the reception will be hopefully even better. But we're we're absolutely delighted with this boost to our campaign. And, um, you know, we weren't really being listened to locally and nationally, so we're absolutely thrilled that, you know, Starlink um, has been installed for myself and Leslie, and it's giving us really nice, steady speeds. 
Um, my upload, for example, is on average about 35 megs, and I had been about 0.7. <sighs> So, there's so there's a difference. Average. There's a difference. There's a difference. And the best we've had is about 140. But I mean, we don't need that kind of speed. Now, we've um, had a mixed bag weather-wise and we know that the weather can affect satellites. We, like, we had a couple of rainy days. Did it affect it in any way? Well, it definitely did drop. But And we had a couple of a seconds of, of an outage and they do say that look it is de- dependent on the weather and it is you know thousands of kilometres away but at the same time you know it, we, I, it kind of buffered for about three seconds and then it came back so it's not foolproof but certainly it's a steady speed and it's meant that I mean for example Leslie told me that she was able to upload photos within two minutes she uploaded 20 photos which would have taken her previously two days to do. Yeah, Leslie's the landscape artist, isn't so she? So Leslie yeah. Cox is my neighbour and she's my co-campaigner. Okay. Um, <laughs> and for myself, I was able to give my online class again back in my studio after months of having to kind of outsource um, other places. So yes, you're, been, you're nourishing therapies. I'm nourishing therapies. Yeah. And I deliver one-to-one online consultations and groups and also I have a corporate branch, Workwell Therapies. And I deliver packages for remote workers. So I need a good upload speed. So are you saying this week you've been able to sit at home and deliver those courses? Absolutely. It's just been amazing. It's been so exciting. And it's um, really opened opened up doors for me and my business, for Leslie. But of course, at the same time, our campaign has been and still is to for the NBI to expedite fibre to our area. And um, this is ongoing, uh, and we really hope that this will still happen, because, of course, it's for our whole, whole community that we started the campaign. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you know, Starlink is offering a really good short-term, if not long-term solution, and why not have a dual solution, you know? Um, we are a broadband dead zone, and there's so many of us around the country And in fact, it's been really inspiring. Well, it's been kind of heartening to hear of so many people around the company, around the country who have contacted us to say that they are, they've kind of mounted similar, maybe not campaigns, but they've got in touch with local TDs and they're trying to kind of better their situation because it's such a common situation all over Ireland, you know. And I think it really came to the fore because of the pandemic with so many people told stay at home, work from home. And that's all well and good if you've got good broadband speeds. But if you don't, I mean, we've been we've households trying to educate children who are to be homeschooled while trying to do their own work and impossible to do if you don't have good broadband. Exactly. And it's fine, you know, if you a one off afternoon, you know, not being able to get online or, you know, having to kind of cancel a meeting or whatever. But this is kind of sustained frustration, you know, sustained um, unreliable broadband that people are experiencing. And we are really being disadvantaged, you know, and this is causing a lot of mental and physical, um, you know, stress and uh, affecting well-being. And it's just so unnecessary. And as well as that, people are being, you know, there's the whole idea for people to kind of, of rural regeneration, mm-hmm. people move back to rural areas. But if this isn't backed up by good infrastructure and good broadband, then this won't happen. In fact, people will be leaving rural locations, you know. 
So, um, and when you go on to the National Broadband Plan, I know you can put in your address and it'll tell you. Uh, have you any a rough idea when fibre would be expected to well, reach see, Nakawadra? You see, this has been the frustrating thing. You know, we were actually contacted directly um, by someone high up in the company and he wasn't able to give us a precise timeline. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a big undertaking and I really appreciate that. It's a seven-year rollout. But the problem is that we're not being given a date, mm. not being given even a rough idea. We're seen as an amber zone. Okay. Um, but this could be this could be, you know, years down the road. And that so, just adds to the frustration. There's no light at the end of the tunnel then. Well, we're in limbo. Yeah. We're in limbo. Yeah. And that's a really frustrating place to be. And I suppose what was so kind of empowering about the whole Starlink um uh thing for us was that, you know, we were being listened to. We were we we were at, we found a resolution, you know. Um and I'm a kind of a resolution-based person, and I like to find solutions to things. Um, well, you have so done. You, well, we have. We have, absolutely. And we're really delighted and really... Come here, tell me, what, what, what would the company like to deal with? Well, actually, I mean, I mean, I suppose we were really lucky in that it all kind of happened very quickly. Because we went, we initially tabled a question on their Tesla notice board. And then with all the media coverage that we got from the campaign, I went back to their media desk in their EU media people. And literally within 12 hours, I was contacted by the kind of head of market access. And then we spoke later that evening and literally within 12 hours, it, the, the kit was in transit. Brilliant. Now it's so on, it it's, on a, it's on a trial basis. So it's on a trial basis and actually it's as it's transpired there's some in Dublin um, also obviously there's Kerry which was why I contacted them in the first place and now I think I read there's someone else in Cork um, so I think what what's happening is there are some of us in the country who are trialling it. Mm. And then if it's successful, Comreg would have to approve it. Yeah. And then it could be a viable option for, option for people. But and the I cost, think, is it going to be very expensive for you guys? Well, it is. It yeah. is more expensive than the usual broadband. But maybe then the government could subsidise or yeah. maybe in time it would reduce. It would be reduced. Do you know what I mean? Well, particularly for people in, the, in the, with the so-called dead zones. Well, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. it's just, you know, the, that's the whole idea of a dead zone is that we can't get, the standard providers can't give us an adequate speed. You know, like I was getting 0.7 uploads to download. You know, you can't function like that. And everything is online. You know, whether it's my daughter's piano lesson, whether it's banking, whether it's my own consultations that I give. You know, we're all, we're all needing adequate broadband. It's, it's a public utility now. And, you know, people aren't being serviced. So, so, But everyone now in the household is benefiting. Oh, God, they're delighted. <laughs> now I'm having to monitor and, you know, <laughs> regulate Netflix again and everything. But no, it's such a Happy joy. days, just, happy days. But yeah, the campaign, relaxed. the campaign continues. That's, that, that is very much your message today. Well, it is, it is. I mean, we, you know, we did it for ourselves because, of course, we're four little micro businesses in a tiny little area. And, you know, and that's not, and also people working from home and also kids trying to get online and people trying to upskill and, you know, keep a hold of their jobs. 
And so we're doing it for the whole community well and maybe also a model for the whole of Ireland. Who are, you know, those of us in broadband dead zones in the whole of Ireland. So and and Elon Musk <laughs> now officially on your Christmas card list. There'll be Christmas Absolutely. cards from Nakawadra. Listen, a pleasure uh, once again to talk to you, uh, Emma. We'll stay in contact with you to see how, you, how you're getting on and particularly how you're getting on with your campaign. But thanks thank a million you. and pass on our best wishes to Leslie Cox, your, your, your neighbour as well. And could I just say one last thing? My website is up and running now. Okay. And if I can say it's nourishingtherapies.ie. Nourishingtherapies.ie. Good luck with it, Emma. Thank you Thanks so a million. Bye bye. Okay, Patricia. Bye. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Gardaí in Mallow are appealing for witnesses to a collision that took place on the navigation road near the race course in Mallow and it was yesterday morning at about 10am. Sergeant Tony Cronin from Mallow Garda Station joins me. Good afternoon to you Tony. Good afternoon Patricia. Okay so it was about 10 o'clock yesterday morning. Can you outline to us what you believe happened? Yes uh, Patricia yesterday morning at approximately 10am there was um, a collision between two vehicles a white Renault van and a white Hyundai Tucson. And it happened very close to Mallow Racecourse on the Mallow town side of it. And obviously conditions yesterday, you uh, know, it was wet. Um, all conditions would be wet. But the road would have been reasonably busy with traffic at the time. And we're appealing for any witnesses who were on this uh, road, on the navigation road, we'll say between 9.50 a.m., and 10.10am uh, yesterday morning. If you have dash cam footage, um, if you witnessed anything, we would uh, ask you to contact Malogard Station uh, with any information that you may have. And the number is 022-31450. Again, we're talking about 10am approximately yesterday morning. And it was a white Renault van and a white uh, Tucson uh, vehicle. Yeah, because it was, it was a pretty miserable morning. You're, you're right, weather was. Were they both travelling in the same direction, do we know? Uh, that has to be clarified. And okay. the investigation is ongoing, but we would be appealing um, for witnesses. They're both white vehicles, so it would be very distinctive. Yeah, okay. So, so ideally, lots of people have dash cams now, so you need to, and if you were in that general area yesterday morning, take a look at your dash cam footage and and contact Marla Garda Station. And I know we, and we have been reporting on it, uh, there was quite serious injuries. uh, People are in hospital still, I'm I'm assuming. Yes, there were serious injuries involved in this collision, but this this area is, is used frequently for people to pull in uh, have a cup of coffee. Um, they would stop to make phone calls. People would walk on this road, weather permitting, yeah. etc. So there would be quite a number of pedestrians, uh, motors who would be parked up or passing motors. Yeah, it's a wide, it's a wide stretch for people who don't know it. It's quite a wide stretch of road. Okay, so anyone yeah. with any information about that accident yesterday morning, please come forward. Malagardi, o two two three one four five zero. Okay, Tony, thank you for that. Thank you for your time. And uh, thanks for joining us. That is Sergeant Tony Cronin based at Mallow Garda Station. Now, some of your thoughts coming in to the programme this morning. We were speaking about the spider, about the false black widow spider that's putting the fear of God into people now because of the study 
from NUI Galway uh, showing that this, while it is known as the false widow spider, but it's very closely connected to the actual black widow spider. And we know the black widow spider can actually kill you, uh, but it is a form of that. It's, just, it's not as dangerous, but they've now proven that if you get a bite from one of these spy- spiders, for some people, they can have quite an extreme reaction and you could end up in hospital. Heidi says that she remembers a colleague of hers when she worked in hospitality who was bitten by a spider. Now, at the time, the work colleague said, oh, what's happened there? Oh, I've been bitten by a spider, but didn't think anything of it. Continued on with her work shift and then went home. That night, she was at home and her husband ended up having to rush her to hospital because she was in such a bad way from the spider bite. Her leg had swollen up and was huge. Heidi said before that incident happened, she was the type who would pick up a spider and put it out the back. She said, I don't pick him up uh, anymore. And obviously, if her leg went huge, a little bit like what I was talking about, I saw somebody on the TV last night with a bite from a black widow spider and the leg just looked like it had been scalded. It looked like the skin had been taken off it and this woman's leg that was photographed on the news last night had definitely been very swollen as well. So it was obviously something similar uh, to that. Thank you for your text, uh, Heidi. Uh, morning, Patricia. Could you say a big thank you to the Bantry Vaccination Centre? I received my vaccine yesterday and I mentioned to the first steward that I'm visually impaired so therefore may need a little bit of help getting around well says Ed they were absolutely brilliant they even escorted me back to my waiting car isn't that terrific people are great people really are great Uh, well done and good to know that you're well looked after Ed and on the road to being fully vaccinated Steve in Cork Suburbs Patricia and team I registered eight days ago for my vaccine no appointment yet is this normal wait time should I be worried no I wouldn't be worried we've been hearing Kind of around the two week mark, a lot of people were uh, waiting and it depends, of course, on the supply of the vaccine. Now, we know after what was mentioned yesterday that there's going to be times, I think, during June where there's going to be a little bit of shortfall in the numbers of vaccination. But certainly at the moment, they seem to be flying uh, through them. But it's around the two week mark. But the advice that we've been giving to everybody, Steve, if after three weeks you haven't heard, then we encourage you to ring the 1850 number, the HSE number, just so that they can flag it that you haven't been called but you shouldn't certainly wait longer than three weeks from when you were registered so mark it on your calendar you're eight days uh, in mark it on your calendar when the three weeks are up and give them a call if you haven't heard anything uh, yet uh, Mary says I live in a small rural village very little Covid cases over the last 16 months now I've heard there's a breakout in a small village near us and I'm terrified uh, well firstly Mary I, I don't know how you've heard unless you've just heard of somebody who has Covid-19 because we're not getting any any, you know the way normally, normally on a Friday morning, particularly when the figures were very high, we would be able to give all of the different cases in the different local electoral areas. We haven't been able to do that and there hasn't been any figures released about the different local electoral areas and that's because of the HSE and the cyber attack. They haven't been able to give that inform- in information. But listen, just as I keep saying to people whenever they hear of other if COVID cases, if it's COVID cases in your area, I don't know what age group you're in, Mary. So I don't know if you're on the road to vaccination or you're due to get your vaccination. But even if you're not uh, vaccinated uh, yet, all you can do is look after yourself, do everything right, wash your hands, wear your mask, do your social dis- distancing. Don't go anywhere where you feel that there's large numbers of people. And if you think that there is this major outbreak in this small village, then just try to avoid that small village for the moment. All we can do is everybody just look after ourselves. There's, there's nothing else we can do. And uh, and you'll be fine, Mary. Just look, as I say, look after yourself and, and do your best to stay uh, safe. A number of people are agreeing on the music and wishing that live music would be back. I can see a lot 
lot of texts and calls uh, coming in on that. Hi Patricia, this is staying on the music. It's mostly over 50s at this stage that have had their vaccine. So my suggestion would be bring back the likes of Daniel O'Donnell and even Tommy Fleming who joined you on the programme this morning. But the Dermot Kennedys and the Coronas, we can't leave them back for live music because they have a younger following who may not be and who will not and are not uh, vaccinated. Now I think young people would not be happy to hear you uh, say that. And can I just say for people who are not vaccinated versus those that are vaccinated this was the Taunish that Leo Varadkar speaking earlier today when he was asked about you know the fact that they're starting to slowly open up people being allowed to go to club matches eventually there will be pilots uh, gigs so people can go to music gigs and we know that as we go through the summer they're allowing more and more people at outdoor events and indoor events. Leo Varadkar pointed out today to say that no vaccination will be, no vaccination will be necessary to allow people to attend concerts and sporting events once restrictions have been lifted. So for people thinking just because they have their vaccine, I'll be allowed to go and somebody else won't. He was clear in that, that not having a vaccination, you'll still be able to attend concerts and sporting events. That's only when restrictions have been lifted and they are allowed uh, to uh, go ahead. Jim says, Patricia, I've been sitting here thinking this morning, why are the EU going to give 140 million vaccines to the Tokyo Olympics? We are hearing that we are going to be getting half the amount of vaccines we were promised. Well, that's on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine f- throughout the month of June. All we n- need in this country is 300, or sorry, all we need in this country is 3 million vaccines to completely vaccinate everybody who wants a vac- vaccine. Now, I can't say that word on here, Jim, but beep, the Olympics. Sort out the problem first at home. There's plenty of time for swimming and there's a huge discussion going on now about the Olympics and whether the Olympics should go ahead or not. And I was hearing couple of days ago that the people of Japan are really terrified about the vaccines going ahead. I think there was a poll done and something like 80 odd percent of the Japanese people themselves don't want the Olympics. They don't want people descending from all over the world. Now I know the Olympic Council are saying everything's going to be done and people are going to be in pods and no one's going to be mixing and people will go to the track or the swimming pool or the field event, whatever they're doing and they're straight back into their pod in their hotel and they won't be mixing with the Japanese people. But there is a sense of real fear in Japan because the rollout of their vaccination has been very slow. So I'm assuming that's why Ursula van der Leyen came out and said 140 million vaccines will go to the Tokyo Olympics. But when you look at the population, uh, that's not going to cover everyone. And I'm assuming that the vaccines, uh, could be wrong on this, the vaccines to be sent, are they to be sent for the people who are taking part in the Olympics, I wonder? But there is an ar- a discussion now going on as to whether or not the Tokyo Olympics should go ahead or not. There are, there are just so many people uh, thinking that it, it uh, shouldn't uh, happen. Uh, um, Okay, also coming into us. Will people stop whining and complaining? Uh, We have to open up slowly to prevent another wave of COVID, says uh, uh, Dermot. And then other people. Oh, this is a good one for for Colm. Remember Colm who contacts us, who has the appointment in Killarney, doesn't want to go to Killarney, wants to go uh, somewhere else to get his appointment. And my fear is if he cancels... 
the HSE can't guarantee that he won't get Killarney again so wondering what he should do uh, sh- should do there and then I was saying had anybody cancelled and did they get in a venue closer to home well Claire was on to say uh, Patricia please tell Colm to request another appointment because that's what I did I received Porky Queef but I requested a new one because I didn't want to travel to Porky Queef and I ended up getting my local vaccination centre in Mallow Neffet have now approved for some local GPs to give the vaccines to the different age groups. So many people may not have to attend a centre at all. Not everybody needs a day trip and there are also people who are not able to travel. I was very disappointed to hear how some how so judgmental some people were were today with Colm. Uh, can I wish him the best of luck, says Claire. And actually I heard of somebody else who is making a point on uh, vaccinations. Uh, Joan in Newmarket says where she lives, her neighbour has no car or no transport and he now has been requested to go to get his vaccine this Sunday morning in Killarney. They've checked and there are no buses on a Sunday morning so what is he to do? Well if he doesn't have anybody who's able to drive him to the appointment in Killarney, Joan I would suggest he needs to cancel it but tell him make sure that he does cancel it so that he can be rescheduled with a new one now that's not to say that he won't get Killarney the next time uh, round but at least if he gets Killarney the next time round it might be on a day where there is a bus available and he'll be able to travel on public transport uh, but he can cancel it and that facility is on the text message if it doesn't suit for reasons like that uh, you can cancel and Tom in from says Colin might have his own reasons why he doesn't want to travel back to uh, uh, Killarney and there are a lot of people giving out in the same way they don't want to travel but when we were in lockdown and we were not able to travel beyond our five kilometres how many people did we hear complaining that they'd love to be able to travel outside their 5k and some people at the time even broke the rules. You can't please people all of the time. 1850 Lines are open. John Paul uh, taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council's Community Support Programme. Here to assist vulnerable people with their daily needs through the COVID-19 pandemic. See corkcoco.ie. The Castletown Bear Development Association they're holding a drive-in bingo. That's happening this evening. It's in the east end of the pier and it starts at half past seven. The jackpot is €1,400. It's in 48 calls are uh, less. Always a great night, we're told, and there are lots of prizes. And Kildallery, they have their drive-in bingo. That's also continuing tonight, eight o'clock. Their venue is the Creamery Yard. And St. Goblin's Nursing Home are holding a bake sale. It's in aid of the Alzheimer's Society of of Ireland. It's on tomorrow Saturday between 2 and 6pm. The stall will be located near Teresa Kelleher's house on the Charleville to Ballygran Road. If you'd like to donate or if you'd like to contribute baking, you can contact more at 0868448444. And Melda Marshall will run a half marathon. She's going to do it in the month of June in memory of Connor King. Connor was tragically killed after falling into the blowhole in Garrettstown. Imelda hopes to raise funds for the West Cork Rapid Response who were first onto the scene. And you can donate at idonate.ie forward slash fundraiser in aid of Connor King. Cork Today on C103. 
With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. As we head into the final weekend of May, we will certainly look back on this month and think of nothing but rain, rain and more rain. So hopefully with some positive news, Alan O'Reilly of Carlo Weather joins me. Good afternoon to you, Alan. Good afternoon, Patricia. You are very welcome to the programme. Please say that the weather is changing for the better. Oh, it is. It is. It certainly couldn't get much worse today for many people. This morning, it's been a dull and dreary day. Although, if you head a little bit further southwest, it's actually some lovely sunshine. I see somebody posting posting photos on Twitter of Ken Mayer looking lovely. But um, it is going to improve. It's going to be slow. It's, It's not going to come quickly this evening, but it will start to improve later this evening tonight. But the weekend now is looking very pleasant. A good bit of uh, sunshine. There won't be clear blue skies, but good sunny spells on Saturday and even more so on Sunday. It will get up to possibly 19, 20 degrees inland. Now, down on the south coast with the onshore breeze, might be Cork City and that might be back to maybe 17, 18 degrees. But it'll still feel very nice in that uh, sunshine for Saturday and Sunday. So... A nice weekend to look forward to, thankfully, Patricia. And the temperatures definitely are on the way up. I mean, we had people during the week contacting us saying that they the heating on full blast. I mean, the temperatures were have even been down across this month. Oh, they have. It's been it's been much cooler than normal. Um, I mean, the average temperature for for the month has has been uh, it's been below it by two or three degrees in some parts. Like the the average Cork uh, airport temperature for the month is 10.7 degrees and it's currently 9.1 on average and it's not going to change too much over a couple of days so it's it's nearly you know it's it's well over uh, one and a half degrees below and it's even more in other areas it's also been incredibly wet um, Cork Airport has had 170 millimeters of rain up to yesterday and then obviously we had some more overnight and this morning and the average is 82. So, you know, you're, you've had twice the average rainfall. And I, I was actually looking back at some of the memories from this time last year. We had a drought. We had, <laughs> we had, uh, we had the farmers praying for rain because they were feeding, feeding cattle silage because there was no growth. Cause like, for contrast, last year, um, the month of May, there was, there was like 68 millimetres of rain in Cork. So 170 so far and a bit more to go on top of that. Very wet and very cold. I think we all be glad to see the back of May. So we'll probably look back on it as one of one of the wettest in on, on record probably. Yeah, it it'll certainly be close to it at some stations. We we you can get very heavy falls in May in local areas because of those thunderstorms. So you know, you can see some very high totals, but as an overall general the month the number of rain days it certainly has been much wetter than average. Okay, so so nice across this weekend. And I mean, if it gets up to 2021 degrees, that is above normal for this this time of year. It'd be great to be saying that. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit above normal. We as like, I mean, the first the first of June now marks the, the official start of the meteorological season of summer. So we'd like to be getting near the 20s on a fairly regular basis. But yeah, it would be it would be a little bit above normal. So hopefully we're heading that way. And it does look like Monday and Tuesday will stay dry and warm as well now. Um, there had been a little bit of uncertainty around that so it does look like we're in for a couple of good days still a lot of uncertainty around Wednesday and Thursday we could see some rain pushing up but uh, yeah make the most of uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday and there'll be farmers I know getting the, the, the tractors ready to cut the silage so 
if they can get into the fields after all the rain, they'll be they'll be happy for that sunshine. Okay, and you can't predict any further than into what the rest of the summer is going it's to look no, like. It's looking it's looking very hard to even predict for next weekend, the Bank Holiday weekend. It, it, it's looking very hard. Um, we would have have kind of a chance of a high pressure building, so we might see maybe a, a bit of rain towards in Friday, and then there's a chance of high pressure coming up, but. It's it's just too uncertain, really, to have any confidence at the moment. So we'll just have to take the four days and see what we go from there. Okay, okay. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Alan. We certainly will enjoy the fine weather and get the sunscreen out. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, get the sunscreen out, and also obviously take care around water. I mean, we all like to go a little bit crazy when the when the sun shines and temperatures come up, but uh, we do need to be careful. So be mindful of the sunscreen and be mindful of the water activities. Yeah, we need need to stay safe. Listen, Alan, thank you for that. We'll talk again, but thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Bye bye, bye bye. Good afternoon. That is uh, Alan O'Reilly of uh, Carlo uh, Weather. Now, this week we're looking again at uh, festivals uh, with our senior news reporter, Fiona uh, Corcoran. But this week we are looking at festivals that are going ahead. It's the likes of the Fastnet Film Festival, the Cork Harbour Festival, and the Cork Midsummer Festival. So, our reporter, Fiona, has been speaking to the organ for this week's Cork versus Covid. Last year saw the cancellation of many of the much-loved festivals in Cork, but this year they're back just in different formats. The Fastnet Film Festival brings thousands of visitors from around the world to West Cork every year. We estimate it brings in just under two million spend in the area, which is huge and so crucial to the survival of this area or this part of the country. Mm. So it's been sorely missed, certainly last year and this year. While we still have a festival and we still have the expense of running a festival, we don't have the payback in terms of people being on the ground. The festival kicked off last Wednesday and 350 short films will be shown before the close of business on Sunday. The events are all online. Festival director Hilary McCarthy says they probably could have had live audiences if they pushed the date out. But we decided that we would keep our dates because people are used to us always having it at the end of May. We chose the end of May because it's the shoulder season for the summer. So it sort of kickstarts the tourist season here in Skull and West Cork. The Cork Harbour Festival had its official launch this week with events running from June 4th to the 14th. Manager Joya Kuhn says these events will be smaller in size than other years. We might have a small seaweed gathering walk down uh, East Cork side. Um, there might be a small group of people doing a kayak or South River cleanup. Um, you know, those kind of small things can go ahead. They're participatory. They won't attract a crowd. They've also come up with ways that people from around the world can participate. People will row or paddle five miles wherever they are in the whole wide world and then submit their time to us and join an online celebration. We've got over 600 people signed up from across the world, places as far as Australia, New Zealand and um, the US. Similarly, the Cork Midsummer Festival is going ahead in June with some shows performed in front of small audiences. Director Lorraine May says it's been a major challenge. It's a totally different way to plan a festival because you're doing everything from your kitchen table um, with, you know, just on Zoom and that's very unusual. You would normally be meeting artists, we'd normally be out and about, you know, that that has definitely been challenging and, you know, trying to communicate as a team and, you know, just keeping that information flow, I think, is one of the more, more challenging bits. And obviously with all the keeping everyone safe um 
the COVID compliance, you know, all the all the guidelines, we need to do a lot around that as well. She hopes to bring some of these new ideas to future festivals. Artists have been really brilliant at recreating, let's say theatre, for example, just giving that essence of theatre online and having that sort of theatrical experience. So I think it's also uh, meant that things have been more accessible to people as well and audiences that wouldn't normally be able to come to the festival or go to events. So I think some element of that will stay. I think this idea of a hybrid performance where you have some live and some online element, I think that will stay. And I also love this idea of bringing events directly into communities um, and having that happen as opposed to, you know, yes, you have your cultural spaces that everyone gathers around, but also you have these experiences that come to you as well. So I think we'll hold on to some of that. Best of luck to all of those festivals that are managing to uh, go ahead. Uh, it really is uh, terrific. Now, some of your texts in Patricia, I heard a fellow on Tuesday, this is to do with the weather, saying the amount of rainfall in May this year and still with a week left to go is the same as the previous three months of May in total. So hopefully the saying, a wet and windy May fills the barns with hay. We'll get a good summer and the farmers will be praying for rain again uh, soon, says uh, Jim. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Marion from Moy says, Patricia, pondering on the inconvenience of COVID. I've realised how lucky we are here in Fomoy with shops, etc. and customer service. First, a shout out to Bridget in the Avenue newspaper office. I had occasion to put a memorial verse for a family member on the Avenue newspaper. Bridget is in a league of her own. The way she deals with grieving families is something else. There are so many shops I could commend on their good humour during all of this. Shout out in particular to the Synergy staff too. Unbelievably help, helpful. Well done to everyone in Fomoy and that's from Mary. Well done. Keeping it local and that's what it's all about trying to keep it local. Hi Patricia, could you clarify the rules on fully vaccinated uh, people travelling to Ireland from the UK please? Well I know Leo Varadkar earlier this morning said that Ireland is not in a position to restore the common travel area as of yet and that's on advice from Neffet because of the concerns over the variant, the Indian variant which is in Britain at the moment. We know that there are plans to open up international travel from the middle of July that's expected to be signed off on uh, but it's still going to be in travel between Ireland and England. There will be uh, restrictions so because I know Leo Varadkar had been hoping to reopen it and allowing people just to travel once you were vaccinated or once you had PCR testing and all of that but he says not in a position that was his comment from earlier this morning Now whether we'll get clarification on that from the Taoiseach this evening uh, tune in and listen at uh, 6 o'clock Hi Patricia I got my second vaccination on Wednesday in Mallow so well organised staff are brilliant that's from Noreen in Knock Negree and hi Patricia I'm just wondering why are our excellent pharmacists not allowed to deliver the vaccine especially to those who from various personal reasons can't travel to the bigger centres and don't fall into the GP categories pharmacy staff are vaccinated with ages with a view to being part of the delivery of the vaccine says Michael they are and they've all been ready and waiting to go and some of them were the first to get vaccinated because you can't vaccinate until you're vaccinated yourself I think it's been the theory and I know the Irish Pharmacy Union 
Convenient have been saying we're ready to go and they've operated pharmacies. I got my flu jab in my local pharmacy last year. They, you know, they already have the facilities in place. So they are, the pharmacists are frustrated as well. But I think it's more down to supply of vaccine rather than anything else. They just don't have enough vaccines to give to the pharmacists. But the pharmacists certainly themselves uh, are certainly up for it. And a couple of people to give a shout out to because his birthday is going on. Alan. Happy birthday to you from all in Flextronics on the Dublin Hill. And hi, Patricia, would you wish the best sister in the world a happy birthday? Olive O'Brien of Ballinlock. Love from her other half, uh, Eric and her son, Adam, and all of her siblings, John, Anthony, Fimber, many things. So, Olive O'Brien, happy birthday. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Mark Malone, our movie reviewer, joins us. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi, Patricia. With the news that none of us were really expecting, the cinemas are going to open on the beginning of June. Is that very welcomed news for cinema lovers and goers? Well, of course it is, yeah. Uh, and I mean, any news like that is, uh, is very welcome because that's where you should be watching movies. You should be watching them in the cinema. And you were in the cinemas before they, they closed down. I mean, it's, it's very well operated, isn't it, the way they space everybody out? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was terrific. I mean, I liked that because I don't like people sitting behind me kicking the back of my chair, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I thought it was great. You know, I mean, I've been to the cinema because I, for a time there, I'd go kind of early evening when there was very few people in the cinema. And I've been uh, in a cinema where I've been the only person in the cinema, which is a shame in one sense. But for, from a personal point of view, I liked it a lot. You know, this idea that, you know, it's a kind of a, it's a, kind of a, a group thing and that, uh, you know, you, you watch the film and enjoy it with others. I like being on my own because I just like the big Green. Yeah, yeah, and it's only it's it's I don't know if it's a handful or how many movies every year where you get the absolutely packed cinemas. Um, well, that's true. I mean, I mean, the big movies will always attract people. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, no, I I did enjoy uh, I, the way it was done, and uh, and I was I mean, I felt safe too, which was good. And that's the important one. And you wore, yeah. wore masks and everything, wasn't it? It was all. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the 7th of June for, for people who want to go back to the movies. Okay, you watch the movies for us this week. Uh, the first is Army of Dead. Here's the trailer. You ready to play? There's $200 million in the vault beneath the strip. With a 32 hour window to get it on. Find the safe. This should be a simple in and out. It's not too late to go back. What the? They're not what you think they are. They're smarter. They're faster. They're organized. What is this? It's a goddamn zombie tiger. No. That's crossing the line. You got the Oh, I love the Kenny Rogers bit at the end. Uh, this is a zombie movie. It is a zombie movie, yeah. And uh, it's directed by Zack Snyder, who has made uh, zombie movies before. He did a remake of Dawn of the Dead, the George A. Romero film, some years back. I'm not a great fan of Jack Snyder, uh, Zack Snyder. I'll have to come out and say that. But and I know and there are a lot of people who aren't either. Uh, you know, there was kind of a viral question uh, went uh, online a few years ago where people asked the question, why does he have a career? <laughs> which I thought was a bit mean-spirited. But I did like Dawn of the Dead, as opposed to a lot of his other films, which I find are just big and boring and bloated. Do you know what I mean? I find them very, very difficult to watch. And his most recent film was his cut of uh, the Justice League which was four hours long and I just thought look there's no way I'm sitting through that again I didn't particularly like the the first cut of the film uh, which was uh, the, the James Gunn film but um, and his cut I'm not sitting down for that for four hours mind you this is two and a half hours long as well and again it's your typical kind of Zack Snyder uh, movie. It's big and bloated once again. And I'm afraid to say that a lot of the time it's pretty boring, which is a terrible pity. I watched this with my 20-year-old, and uh, she loves uh, the comic world and so knows it inside out. And so, but we spent, <laughs> how many times, I don't know, did we watch the, the screen going, shut up, everybody, and get on with it, you know, because there's so much, so many scenes where it's just simply boring, and you're waiting all the time. And in a two and a half hour film, there's only about uh, three or four action sequences in the film. And the film uh, stars Dave Bautista, who's a terrific comic actor and a very, very good action figure. And I remember, like about three quarters of the way through the film, I turned to my daughter and I said, "Look, he's done nothing heroic yet." And that's how frustrating this film was, because there's a good film in there somewhere. You take an hour out of this. And make it an hour and a half, and I think it could be really, really entertaining. But unfortunately, unfortunately, Zack Snyder can't do anything simply. Everything's got to be big and long, and and because of that, then you do end up shouting at the screen, going, "Please 
get on with it. There's an opening sequence where he um, obviously spent an awful lot of money filming a lot of action sequences, but it's thrown away as a kind of a flashback. And I was thinking, well, I'd like to see that film show us all that stuff and not the stuff that subsequently you give us. The story is... Um, um, uh, Las Vegas has been um, taken over by zombies. So they decided to wall it off, a la kind of escape from New York. And then they decide, the president decides, well, they're going to nuke it because he thinks that would be a cool idea. So because of that, you know which presidents we're, we're referring to. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they, within 36 hours, they're going to drop this bomb. Uh, then the casino owner comes to Dave Batista, who has a kind of a military background, and says, look, there's 200 million in a vault in the middle of uh, Las Vegas. I'll give you 15 million if you go in and, Get the money and, and bring it back out again. And of course, he gets together a kind of a, um, a kind of a, a rag bag kind of crew, uh, whom, of course, in the first few minutes of him kind of picking them, you're going, he's going to die, she's going to die, she's going to survive, <laughs> and you're and you're normally right. And uh, so they go in, and of course, it doesn't go well. The problem is, is that as I say, there are some really terrific action sequences. There are some. There's times when it's absolutely exciting and wonderful to watch. And because I think Zack Snyder is also not only did he write the screenplay, but I think he's also uh, the director of photography in this as well. So there are some terrific scenes, but there's so many scenes where just things don't happen for a very, very long time. In the middle of a battle, uh, for some reason, he will stop the scene, he will stop the action, and Dave Batista and his daughter will have this conversation about how he could have been a better dad. And they're just standing in front of a kind of corrugated kind of iron kind of background, and it's so boring. And you're going, shut up and get on with the film, get on with it. And it's filmed at times, though, in a very, very odd way. He uses a lot of kind of fisheye lens, so that the centre of the screen is in focus, but the rest isn't, mm. and that's a bit off-putting at times. And also, um, Tignataro is also in the film. Now, she actually didn't meet anybody, because what happened was a particular person, uh, who I won't mention, uh, of the cast, misbehaved. They let him go, so they decided to refilm all of his scenes with Z- uh, Tignataro um, um, in front of a green screen. And so, therefore, they just kind of implant her into the film. And because they had to try and match her into the film, she's got like this halo around her. And it just doesn't work. It just looks really, really odd. There are some moments where it's really, really terrific. And, uh, for example, there's a brilliant uh, zombie tiger in the film, for example, who, um, who's really exciting and vicious and nasty. And I enjoyed that. Uh, he, apparently, he was one of uh, Sigrid and Freud, Freud um, uh, tigers. And... Um, and so that was pretty cool. The film is incredibly explicit, by the way. I should point out there's a lot of gore. And, it, you know, uh, on a number of occasions, just sitting and watching it going, ew, you know, that uh, kind of way. No, <laughs> I couldn't watch that. And then, no, I, yeah, exactly. And uh, so bear that in mind. This is not for kids okay. at all. I think it's a 16 search. Um, so, yeah, it was just too long and boring for me. There is some good stuff. There's a good movie, as I say. There's a good hour and a half in there. But unfortunately... Two hours, was, 28 minutes too long. Army of the yeah. Dead, market out of 10. Uh, for the tiger, I'll give it two. Two, two out of ten. Okay, and then your second one is Honest Thief. What's this one about? Uh, this is uh, Liam Neeson, and I hate coming in here on a Friday and talking to you and saying, "Look, both of these films are very boring," because I want them to be good. And unfortunately, this one is pretty boring as well. Uh, but again, it's it's Liam Neeson, action star, and uh, even though he's getting on with it now, he like, he still looks great and he can still do it. Uh, it's a small film, it's a small budget film, it's directed by Mark Williams who directed some of the episodes of Ozark and it's well directed but the story is very, very silly indeed so basically he's a thief he is a bank robber, uh, he's been robbing banks for 12 years, he's accumulated about $9 billion in cash he then meets a woman with whom he falls in love, she falls in love with him, 
although it's hard to believe because there's very little chemistry between them. Uh, when they kiss, it's like watching two boxers shake hands. Do you know what I mean? It's very uncomfortable. And uh, But because, of course, he's fallen in love with this woman, he wants to become... Mm, he wants to uh, set it right. So he phones the uh, FBI and says, look, I'll give you all the money back if you only put me in jail for two years and in a low-security uh, prison with visitation rights. And they kind of go, oh, okay, fine. But actually what happens is that he then hands the keys to a lockup which has all the money in it. The two FBI agents decide to go rogue and steal the money. And what then kicks off is just kind of this, this typical kind of action kind of movie that Liam Neeson has become kind of very adept at over the last few years. And they're very, very similar indeed. Same character, doing the same thing. Unfortunately, the script lets it down. It's almost like it was written by, I don't know, a 21-year-old out of college who has never seen a film before. There's lots of moments where, you know, the bad guys tell each other what they've already done. You know, you killed her. Why did you kill her? Well, I killed her because she was misbehaving. And so we've already seen it. We've, You know, so it makes absolutely no sense. The whole thing makes no sense, unfortunately, which is a pity because there are, again, like the previous film, some nice moments in there. The cinematography is pretty good. It looks very clean and nice. And let's face it, Liam Neeson is always worth watching, unfortunately. Because he's a great actor. He's always a great, like he rarely makes a bad movie. Well, he, well, you see, the thing is that since kind of taken, he's made movies like Walk Among the Tombstones and Run All Night and Cold Pursuit, basically playing the same kind of action character. And the films tend to be kind of varying in quality. And of all those, the ones that I've just mentioned, I think this is probably the bottom of the barrel of them. And um, it's not terrible. It's just not really good. It's a bit bit too silly. And, and that's all down to the script. And with, with kind of a couple of tweaks in the script, maybe a, a, a couple of better action sequences, it could have been better. Uh, but as it is, it's very silly. Okay, Honest Thief, Liam Nielsen, Market out of 10? I'll give it four. Four out of 10. And very finally, before we let you go, did you watch the Friends reunion last night? I watched about 20 minutes of it, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I was, I was never, yeah. I, well, me and Friends really, uh, I liked the first few series, but I think after a while, like anything, it kind of, it kind of, Ten it years went on of a it. bit too long. I thought what they were going to do is that, you know, they were going to, Get, they were going to sit down. They were going to write a script. They were going to they were going to write a drama, a comedy drama, and I was going to look forward to that. I didn't realise that it was going to basically be a kind of an, an interview documentary. Oh, it was great! It was great. Oh, did you? Well, yeah, oh, I thought I loved it was huge. If, if you're, you're, like, if you're, if you're a friend's fan, if you're a friend's yeah, fan, you yeah, enjoy, and it was yeah. lovely. The pace of it was great, and they moved it on really quick. Okay, we leave it there. Listen, thank you for that, Mark. We'll talk to you okay. next week, and uh, thanks for joining us. That is Mark Malone, our movie re- reviewer. Uh, Martin in Mitchellstown says he received a scam call. All uh, claiming to be from Amazon. Could you tell people to please beware? And you know the social protection scam call that is doing the rounds. Lo and behold, didn't we get one here into the work phone, the phone that's linked to the programme? So John Paul has recorded it and this is the social protection. This is a complete and utter scam. Hello, this call is from the Department of Social Protection. This call is to inform you that there are some suspicious activities found on your personal public service number into which there is a legal case being filed and arrest warrant being issued on your name. For more information on your case, press 1 to speak to our law enforcement unit. 
our law enforcement unit. Now, please, if, if you got that call, uh, how anyone could get sucked in by that one in particular, it's very obviously a computer generated voice. But that's the social protection scam call that is doing uh, the rounds. Uh, so just ignore it, completely ignore it. And somebody says, well said by the lady who said shop local, particularly shop local in Formoy. I was in Birmingham's gift gallery this morning. Goretti was so helpful to me. I would will take my hat off to her. Great to see the gift gallery open. That's where I leave you. Talk to you on Monday. Bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.